0: Good morning, I'm Aya Wimala, and today is Tuesday, February the 8th. And it's a sunny, bright day here. Some squirrels are out eating the food I've put out. Uh, so it's looking good. It's good weather today. And uh, I'm feeling much better after my bout with really mild COVID. So it really makes a difference getting your vaccinations and booster, whether you have a mild case or a more serious case. Um, I want to thank everyone who donated to Blue Lotus and their uh, silent uh, online fundraiser, which goes on for another few weeks. And they did tell me that there was a bump when I, since uh, after I announced it on uh, Sunday, so I really appreciate that, and if you if you feel like it's time to make a donation and just to help the temple make it through these tough times, this is the third year we haven't been able to have our major fundraiser, and the first year to have it online, so you can uh, buy raffle tickets for a lot of interesting things, and You can also just use it as a time to make a donation. So it's much appreciated and really put to good, to good use. So today we are coming to an end of our book, Wisdom is Bliss by Robert Thurman, who's in the Tibetan tradition. But this book is really, um, Really, an eye-opener. We can see some. I can see in the book some of the things that are a little different from the way we teach, but the the essence is the same. And so, it's his beautiful writing is really uh, makes makes a big difference. Kind of expands the way I can look at things. So, let's see if there's anything else. This very last section in Samadhi is kind of interesting. Maybe I'll read this. Uh, yesterday we read about his take on Buddhism as engaged realism, and I really like that. And so the last short section under realistic Samadhi is called the Psychonauts, Inner Science Astronauts. And I haven't read this yet, so hopefully. Okay. Still have, a, still have a runny nose, so excuse me. <laughs> Tibetan inner scientists certainly concern themselves much more with the inner universe than the outer one. <clears throat> I have called their adepts uh, psychonauts or mind explorers in parallel with the histories of Western science, the astronauts who explore the stars, the farthest frontiers of the material macroverse. These psychonauts maintained and developed the esoteric esoteric traditions known as Tantra, which constitute the super-subtle science and technology of the universal vehicle adepts. As their science was quintessentially an inner science, using the human brain and body and the out-of-body, subtle-body subjectivity as the laboratory, These adepts also developed an inner technology. Then, because they were lucidly awake in life, they were able to lucidly dream, lucidly sleep, lucidly wake, lucidly live, lucidly die, and lucidly create new embodiments. At full Buddhahood, even multiple embodiments simultaneously the tibetan view is it is that these psychonauts are therefore consciously immortal like true jedi masters and they remain with beings not just beings on this planet not just humans and not just buddhist but all sentient beings because their indefatigable dedication is to help all beings evolve and find their own liberation from suffering though none of them is Omniscient or omnipotent, in a quantitative sense, theoretically, a being that becomes self-identified with an infinite relativity should be able to marshal knowledge and competency from other areas and eras of such infinite relativity to bring to bear a virtually absolute accuracy on any particular relational situation assisting sensitive beings in evolving toward freedom from suffering. This sense of the ultimately overwhelming power of the good guys and the good gals explains the remarkable resilience of Tibetans, such as the Dalai Lama, the other developed Lamas, and the ordinary Tibetan people living in their aura in the face of the horrendous ordeals They have overgone since being invaded by the Chinese People's Liberation Army in 1950. Although they do not believe in the coherence of the idea of an omnipotent God who created the world, controls all things in the world, cares for them, and yet leaves them filled with difficulties for some inscrutable reason, their sense of the infinite relativity of a beginningless and endless universe causes them to side with the probability that given infinite and beginningless and endless opportunity infinite numbers of beings must have become relatively more powerful on the side of goodness joy love gentleness and even fun therefore there is no limit to what goodness truth and beauty they can eventually manifest Discover, realize, and create, and this really excellent Buddha verse is open to be as great as they can make it sooner or later. So he's just, he's he's uh, talking about how he thinks these kind of super uh, super beings where they how they evolve. There is a time a fully awakened Buddha called a time machine a kala chakra who is ultra-esoteric, a manifestation of the Buddhas that demonstrates their unfailing cosmic engagement in the destiny of all sentient beings. It is the most advanced Buddhist theory of history and is the place where Buddhism becomes most graphically Buddhism. It reveals that under the guidance of the Omnicompetent Buddhas, we live in a Buddha-verse, not a universe, and that Budiverse is the best of all possible worlds," quoting Voltaire. We live in a Buddhaverse, not a universe, and that Budiverse is the best of all possible worlds. It is an ideal, evolutionary space-time, ideal for the acceleration of the evolution of all sentient beings toward the supreme form of life the Buddha life, the life of a being who is all love and all wisdom, finally perfectly adapted to absolute relativity by fully identifying with all other beings. Again, this is not a matter requiring religious belief. Rather, it is an invitation to take advantage of the evolutionary opportunity. It connects with the prophecy of the advent of the ideal land of Shambhala, an egalitarian in principle constitutional monarchy, wherein everyone, female and male, old and young, is oriented towards the maximization of meaningful evolution. It is mysteriously hidden from the misknowledge dominated land of struggle, of war, holocausts, plagues, famines, and death-ridden subsistence life, but it will emerge in a few centuries in a planetary restoration, after the scourges of consumerism and militarism have run their course. However, there is no need to wait for that to happen. Anyone who discovers the perfection and beauty of this world, of evolutionary opportunity, even in the midst of the struggles of today, can turn their steps in this most positive of directions and live the new age from day one. This is the key to the happiness and joy we can implement from within on our own way to becoming Buddhas. So, we only have one more chapter. That was the end of the chapter on Samadhi and at the end he's just talking about some of the tibetan buddhist uh ideas about the the uh, immediate future and what's and what the possibilities are if we if we if it's true that we are born again and again in this uh, cycle and with evolution and knowledge from every time we're born uh, it makes sense to think that there are definitely beings who can uh, make that commitment to become better and happier and more joyful and, and help others make that their intention from one life to the next. So we will spend some time uh, tomorrow, what's tomorrow? Not tomorrow, Thursday on this last chapter Which he calls, and I think it's an intriguing title. Chapter 10 is Sharing My Consolation Prize. And I think it's a wrap up. So let's, we'll see how many, if we want to spend more than a couple of days on that. So um, it makes sense. What he's talking about is a different vision, and it's worded differently than we may be used to. But it's definitely, uh, is the encouragement is that in in the process of all of these lives and samsara, we have a choice. We can make an intention to uh, help others and to to be there for others and to give service to this planet since we'll be visiting it over and over and over again. So that's uh, that's an optimistic way to live, which I think is good. We need that. So why don't we sit now? We can, have, we have a little more time to sit today. And then if you, if you have, are having a sunny day like we have here, I hope you can get out in it. I'm going to be able to get out today and, uh, enjoy the sun. So I hope you can too. It really is healing. So why don't we sit. Just be with the breath. Just let your focus gently, gently be on the breath. Be aware of the body breathing. If you roll the shoulders back and you sit up, you're just allowing your lungs to have that more space, have a a bigger playing field. As we observe the body breathing, I think it's a wonderful time to have gratitude for the work that our body does automatically. We forget that until it's too late sometimes, until the body doesn't want to breathe, or until we're sick, and breathing becomes difficult. So be grateful for every every breath, especially if you know your air is clean. We're lucky to live in a country where Usually our air, our air is clean. We take that for granted. Breathe in. Gratitude. we can breathe out compassion. No need to do anything except stay with the breath. Be aware of everything around you. Let your sense doors be open. Our one exception is closing the eyes, but we're still aware usually of brightness and darkness. May see colors behind our eyelids. but allow your other senses to be fully operating. So be aware of fragrances or smells, of sounds, of contact, maybe cool air hitting your skin, or the air feels just perfect temperature. If you're walking outside, you may feel the cold. It may invigorate you. And allow the thoughts to just come and go. Don't focus and fixate on your thinking. Just see it, allow it, but then Change your focus away from those thoughts. Just allow them to come and go. Just keep coming back to the breath. No matter how far you may be distracted or how much you keep turning to your thoughts feeding them with your attention, whenever you notice it, you have the opportunity to come back to your breath and let go. So our practice is a, a constant attempt to let go of the thoughts, to let go of all of those things that are that we try to control and manage, and just to be with the breath. Let go and let be. Allow things to unfold, Let go of speculating on how you think things will go. Now, as we move out into the day, let's send merit forward. May everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but also for the benefit of all other living beings. All beings everywhere. And may peace be with you. May all of you be well and happy and peaceful. So I'll see you on Thursday and we'll, we'll uh, look at the last chapter of the book. And think about something else that you'd be interested in reading or talking about when I meet with you in the mornings. So have a beautiful day. Enjoy the sunshine if you have it.